This is The Playbook. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Shenanigans. I am in town for a few weeks, which is weird because I've been gone so much. So I have a lot of things that I want to talk to you guys about. I have a new co-host here for today, my friend Jamie, who has been on all of my travels recently, which we're going to get into a little bit. Hi and guys. then I Yes. And then I have an amazing guest who is a friend of hers. Sir David Meltzer. <laughs> right on. How are you? Amazing. Thanks for having me in here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, Jamie and I have been talking about having you on the show for a while, and I was like, okay, well, you have to co-host with me, obviously, because you know him. I am so honored to, for this to be my first one to be here with you, because I just, I was telling Sheena that I just think you have so much valuable information, and your podcast is amazing. I listen to it all the time, but... I can only assume that your audience is different than hers in, on shenanigans, and I just love totally. the idea of blending these two d different demographics, really, and providing that same value that you provided to me to all of our listeners. So I'm very excited. Yeah, and I feel like I've been kind of in a slightly like discouraged place recently, so I felt that this would be a good perk up. Right on. Seen as your friends with Ed Milet. So I listened to y'all's podcast last night. Did you and, cry? Um, <laughs> I didn't Because I did. <laughs> but um, I was very, just it just was very motivating. And there were just so many things that you guys said. And when I had him here, it was um, probably like maybe like three months ago. It was one of my favorite shows I've ever done. And I've done probably, I don't know, 70 podcasts for, by now. So I was really excited to get you in here. And um, it's funny, when I was listening to it, there was something that you told him on the podcast that he told me on mine. And it was the, like, 20 minutes at the beginning of the day, like, not looking at your phone and just, like, taking that time for yourself. And it's something I still haven't done, I will admit. Because it's like, my alarm goes off and it's just my brain is triggered to be like, oh, okay, 17 texts, 14 emails, this, like... So I, I do want you to try and convince me that I need to do this because I feel like my brain is always just like, go, go, go. I've been out of town with this one so much. She thinks I was trying to kill her. I don't know how I'm still alive here. I mean, I'm living on caffeine for the last week. You guys look great, though. It's amazing. Thanks. So you're wearing well in the well, road. she is a vampire. I've convinced myself of that. <laughs> yeah, she's rubbing off on me. <laughs> Botox and concealer are my secrets. Very nice. They are our friends. But, yeah, it was crazy because I'm listening to it, and I was like, oh, my God, Jamie. I was like, that's something that Ed told me, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I looked at the date, and it said, I think it was May 9th, 2018. Yeah. And I was like, wait, Ed got that from you. We so, both have shared many good thoughts. Let me, yeah. let me teach you how easy it is. I think one of the things people do is they make stuff really complicated. And why I love new audiences and new spectrum of people, whether it's ages or religions or cultures, is that things are real simple. I put things into mathematical terms. So think about your day like this. You are only allowed one action in the day. The minute you open your eyes, you're allowed one action. Everything else to that one action is a reaction. So the philosophy that I had and believe me, I am an active person. I believe in activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for. I'm a time freak. Mm -hmm. We can go into all that. But once I simplified my life and said, because I'm compulsive, I'm like, phone, email, which one first? The minute I wake up, and I'm super jazzed when I wake up. Instead, my first action then is just to be at the highest frequency I can find. So if walking my dog put me to the highest frequency, that would be my first action. For me, I use meditation, which is you know more a calm state of peace. But whatever it is, if you change your philosophy to simply I get one action a day, mm -hmm. it's really easy to lower the bar 
and start doing that one action. The cool thing about making your action in the highest frequency is that everything you have to react to, you now have a baseline for how you act. Mm -hmm. And so what happens to people is when they react in the ego-based consciousness, they start accelerating in the wrong directions, they start using negative energy, they start creating momentum that they don't want, and they have to use concealer and Botox in order to look <laughs> young and, and rested instead of just plain motivation, inspiration. Right. Happiness is my offense to that, right? And I want to live my life at the highest frequency that I can mm -hmm. so that more can come through me to help other people and that flow just continually perpetuates this unbelievable feeling. Yeah. Love that. Why do you think you haven't done it since Ed recommended it? Um, well, the thing is, I haven't done that, but I did start with meditating. Oh, so I got, yeah, so I got the Calm app. So, like, every night before I go to sleep, they have this, like, there was, like, this seven days of sleep thing. And just, like, I have, like, I listen to the different stories and stuff like that to try and just shut my brain down. So instead of doing it at the beginning of my day, I do it at the end of my day because That's I realize I have a hard time falling asleep at night. No matter how much weed I smoke, although I did right. have some good for you. Calm by Wellness CBD drops last night. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to them. Knocked me out. I had a great yeah. sleep. I might need to try Yeah, that. so, and it's just all CBD. So, um, that was one of the things that helped me last night. But normally, I just feel like I have so much on my mind. I'm always go, go, go. I never really take any me time unless I do a spa day, which I haven't done in a couple months. But I just... When I lay down at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, I didn't do this today. I need to do this tomorrow. And then I didn't, did I say this to this person? And so with at least getting that app, I feel like that's one way that I can kind of shut down my brain and get a good sleep. But then when I wake up, I have like, if I, especially if I wake up late, like if I, I just got the new 11 Pro and I keep forgetting every morning I wake up to the Beatles, here comes the sun. And I forgot to set my alarm to that song. So it's just the like general like doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo. Oh, I haven't forgotten. Yeah. Because I've traveled <laughs> and she will sleep through her alarms. Uh, no, that, that's the afternoon alarm. The doo -doo -doo, Why do you have so many alarms? Because that's my phone. napping alarm and I don't oh take goodness. naps often. But Beatles, Here Comes the Sun, I like wake up every day. I'm like, yes, the sun. It's like a happy song. It I love is. it. But I haven't done that on my new phone yet. So the last like few days, I wake up to my mom calling me being like, don't you need to be at the gym right now? I'm like, what? Oh my God. What? And then I'm like 72 emails. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And it's just like, that's happened to me this week. It's not every week like that, but I just need to figure out, a I don't even know if it's the phone necessarily. Maybe I don't check my text for the first 20 minutes, or I feel like I need to do something that is not just completely not being on my phone right when I wake up, because if I do wake up late and then I need to like respond to something that's timely you know one of the things with all the different habits and I you know preach habits teach habits and I live by my own hypocrisy because as much as I have these lessons I forget them every day yeah like the greatest lesson I hope to get out there is just to be grateful for what you have and to be happy right. but I forget that every day and I teach it every day and there's times I look at myself going that wasn't a very gracious thing to mm -hmm. do or a nice thing or a happy way to look at it or finding the light one of the things that has really helped me is my calendar and this might sound stupid, but I believe in the context of time that if we understand man-made construct of time, that you have 24 hours in a day, and when you start really studying your calendar and you look at, okay, sleep, for example, number one habit that everyone on earth shares that's spent every single day, almost religiously, 99.9% .9 of all people on earth do it every day, and almost for eight hours a day. And so it's really significant that none of us pay attention to sleep, mm -hmm. hardly any of us, because I actually pay a sleep coach 
first. It'll be the last coach I ever fire. But I study sleep, so I pay attention to it. I give it intention, mm-hmm. and it equals coincidence. Two things colliding perfectly together at the right place at the perfect time. Subconscious and unconscious mind is focused and derived in your sleep. So the point being, there's a big chunk of time that will change your life. And everybody uses these mechanisms like CBD and marijuana and all the cool stuff that I've used in the past, melatonin. (laughs) For me, after studying sleep, I don't need anything. And I actually utilize my sleep for productivity and accessibility. Because I'm a student in my calendar, I have rules that are the 520 rule, right? Five minute phone calls are my objective, 20 minute meetings, 20 minute interviews usually, like literally, but I make exceptions. I prioritize minutes Mm -hmm. with people in my life. Do we only have 20 minutes with you? No, we have more. (laughs) Because this is family, this isn't work. This is activity I don't get paid for. This is what I love to do. But I really think that if people pay attention to time, that we now have plenty of it. Mm-hmm. And the things that are really obsessing in your life, like the emails and the, the, the text messages and all those yeah. things that you feel, you actually feel them, right? Yeah. Can just be literally obliterated because you have so much time to do them. If you knew that you would have time to answer everything, mm-hmm. it wouldn't bother you when you wake, wake up. The problem is you yeah. feel like if I don't get this done now, they're going to be there for two days and then people aren't going to think I'm responsive and That's what, what are shortage. So, I, yeah, just having a number on my phone on any app oh, me too. anxiety. So until I clear my phone, like I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And I just, it doesn't bother me because I have time and I maximize the efficiency, productivity and accessibility of my time. Productivity is how value, much value you provide mm-hmm. and accessibility is how accessible are you to others and how are you accessing what you want, which is literally right into your phone. And so get into the habit, which is a muscle of of studying time. If I was going to use, you know, that beginning of the day, it would be to be a student of my calendar, look and see what am I doing in person? What am I doing on the phone? What am I doing on email? And what am I doing media-wise? Print, TV, radio, social media. Mm -hmm. That's how I divide it. And then the most important things in my life like, for example, my relationships are very important. My health, number one. So I give my health one hour minimum a day. Okay. So that's so when what, I study what, my what calendar. What does that mean? Could be it, it determined upon two different routines. So you guys are like me. You travel a lot. So I have a home routine that says nothing's really different. I'm going to be sleeping in my bed. I mean, eating the same time. No bachelor parties. No weird family <laughs> in town. Like all the weird stuff that happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's about 100 days for me a year that I have a normal routine. So then I have an adopt, adaptable routine that says, okay, I have a process, a habit of I need to adapt my day, my time to travel, family, friends, etc. So for me, one hour a day in the daily routine is simply wake up at four, meditate for 20 minutes, give myself 10 minutes to get dressed and go to the gym, 4.30 to 5.30 at the gym, which I have a standard chest and tries back and by legs and shoulders and cardio, cardio plan. <laughs> yeah, and my nails now. Colleen's behind me, going, "I told you to cut your nails, you moron." Um, anyway, uh, but I do. Yeah, my claws. Yeah, those are beautiful. Mine are just uh, manly. These are great for climbing trees. But uh, we're fine. <laughs> Moving forward, though, like literally, that's my routine for health. Then I spend thirty minutes a day with my wife. I adore my wife. She's the most important person to me. Hold up, only 30 minutes? Minimum. Everything's minimum. Yes, thank you. But every day. Okay. Every day. And that could be in person, on the phone, or email. 
FaceTime. This personal one-on-one -on -one time. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Every guaranteed minimum yes. 30. Same with my nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, minimum. The three, three teenage daughters get a minimum of two minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked for five. Yeah. I asked for five. I won two. Yep. Um, and my mom, here's the most remarkable story how your life changes when you start focusing consistently. Two minutes of meditation a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. So one minute a day, my mom used to make me do crazy stuff. Mm -hmm come fix this and I have to drive to San Diego and I need that. I'm like, this, she, she could get this help. Like I got other siblings. I started realizing she wanted my attention and what for? She wanted me and I asked her to know that I love her and appreciate her. So every day of my life, I give my mom a minimum of one minute a day to purposefully intent, pay attention to my mom with the intent of making sure she knows secure every day that I love and appreciate her. Cause those two women in my life, not the teenage girls right. yet, but those other two, my wife and my mom, yeah. like I, I live the most blessed life in the world and without those two, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. And what's a minute a day? And it makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. My relationship with my, I've been married 22 years. And in fact, your friends, Teddy and Eddie, right? Yeah. We were out to dinner with them and they've been married like 10 and, uh -huh. and you know, they're normal 10 year marriage. They bicker a little, they're stressed. Yeah. And, Julie, my wife, tells Teddy, I probably argued Teddy with... Teddy Mellencamp. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my Teddy bad. Teddy and Eddie, that's our... Yeah, name, but, but they were, they were um, literally, Julie's like, wow, I probably have argued with Dave twice in the last 10 years. And so they look at us going, we want to know what you do. I'm like, well, first of all, ask them about our first 10 years. Yeah. It was twice a day. Okay. But now that uh -huh. I have utilized this methodology of communication, of being connected to someone yeah. exponentially... And I think that happens with all of my habits. I go towards prioritizing my health, then my family, then my work. And so then I do the same thing with work, with the yeah. 120 rule, the 520 rule, all these mathematical things that make me pay attention to man-made constructive time so that I can be more productive and accessible. How much more value can I provide and how accessible am I to others to help them as well? Mm -hmm. I love that. So you weren't always this then, though. And so oh, God, was, no. And I, know I was more crazy. cocaine and alcohol yeah. then. Oh, okay. <laughs> the 80s you guys would have loved me. God, I'm not that old. The 90s. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no you're, you're a little I'm younger old. than my mom. That would have been high school, the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's what my mom was going My mom, my my mom, mom get really mad if I was on that many drugs. That might happen when I was richer and older. Oh, <laughs> I would yeah. love for you to share that story. I know you're probably sick of no. telling it, but let's backtrack. Yeah. And Because, you know, I, I feel like the fall and then the rebuild is probably the most interesting part about a lot of people. I can relate to that myself. So I would love for you to maybe bring it back and share. Yeah, I think money plays a key role in my, my rise. Cause I grew up with six kids and a single mom, this mm -hmm. extraordinary woman who raised us working two jobs. All I wanted to do is uh, from five years old on when my dad left was to be rich, mm -hmm. to buy my mom a house, a car and retire. Yeah. And I was gonna make a five in 1973. I was going to make a million dollars and buy my mom a house, a car, and retire. Yeah. Um, and through that, I focused every day of my life to be first a professional football player, then it was a doctor, then it was a lawyer. Graduating law school, I went into the internet instead of the law. Right. Made, against my mom's wishes. Against my mom's, that <laughs> famous lesson, yeah. right? Just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good yeah. advice. But moreover, you know, I, I really thought money bought happiness. Because the only time I wasn't happy was when my mom was crying about money. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything to do with me. I didn't need money. But then I got it, and I thought it bought happiness. 
and I went down a really bad road of self-entitling you know, my existence. And I mm -hmm. bought things, more things, different things, surrounded myself with really bad ideas and bad people and ended up continually making money to the point where I lost uh, over $100 million. That's uh, insane to even have that much to lose. When I saw from that, nothing, I was like, right? wait, what? Yeah. I, and it's still not real to me except for the fact that I learned so much. Like, I'm so grateful because of really three incidents. I think it's important to understand that everything evolves. The weird thing about me, unlike most people who lost everything, is I was on my transformational journey two years before I lost everything. So it wasn't like I lost everything and then I found something. Right. I found something before I lost everything. It was just when you had that much money, all the bad causes, all the dumb decisions kind of created uh -huh. over time. And it was almost like I was prepared for it by the time I started losing everything. Yeah. Um, but I had warnings at 30 years old. My dad told me I was just like him. Gave me a jacket with no pockets for my birthday, even though he told me he didn't believe in birthdays when I was 10 and forgot my birthday. So I hated my father. So I didn't listen to him, but he gave me a jacket to hang in my closet so I wouldn't be the richest man in the cemetery. And it stuck there, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a joke. Like, I was literally like, that'll never happen to me. I care so much about people. I didn't realize that I gave so much money away, not because I was trying to help the people like I do today. It was mm -hmm. literally so I could get my name on the buildings or the awards. Or I was a philanthropist of trading. I was trading my money for ego, <laughs> and, and I'm honest about it. But you I, are an award winner. Thank you, yes. yes. It's amazing what money can buy. Um, <laughs> and I'm Sir Dave Meltzer, too. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, exactly. And the CEO of Sportsman Marketing. Here and you go. you have like 52 titles. And I was looking, I'm like, do I just introduce him as Sir Dave Meltzer, or am I like CEO of Sports One Marketing, which is one of the world's leading sports and entertainment marketing agencies? You're like literally a real life Jerry Maguire, right? I that I actually before <laughs> Sports One was CEO of, of the firm Lee Steinberg Sports which Entertainment. Which is what the movie Maguire. was based on. Yeah. yeah. And before that, I, I was in technology. I was CEO of Samsung's uh -huh. first phone division. Smartphone, the first smartphone. CE, yeah. And Crazy. I, I'm like the Forrest Gump of uh, entrepreneurship. I look, I wrote that right here. He's the Forrest <laughs> oh Gump of business. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Run, David, run. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even I when I that. lose money, I somehow fall into, like, roses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the second warning, to get myself an ADD, the second warning came from my best friend. And this one made me cry. I had my friend, I asked, I knew my wife in the fourth grade. No way. Sixth grade camp asked her to go Wait, study. Wait, that feels like Ed and his wife, they've known each other since they were so young too. Yeah, isn't that weird? I love that. Yeah, and so I adored her and I had my best friend in the world at sixth grade camp ask her to go study with me. Stop. And she said no. Tell him to ask me himself. So I got I'm mad. A smart woman. <laughs> She's awesome. I told you. I don't know how I lucked into her. I threw an egg at her and <laughs> hit her in the head. She had Rosanna Dana hair. Like there was no product back then. Yeah. So I excuse my language. She's gonna hate me for saying this, but it was like pubic hair. And so I made fun of her. I made fun of her. She had the Jufro, and like literally made fun of her and loved her and her cousin was my good friend and i tried to you know hey can i ask her out he's like dude she hates you anyway yeah you threw an egg at her and called she her ugly you to be a man I and her, ask her yourself and i called her ugly and threw rocks at her wow it was awful <laughs> <laughs> later on in life once again it worked out it worked out really well and but you know this this best friend of mine mm -hmm. who i hung out with he literally told me and i was like how come you don't hang out with me he's like i don't like who you hang out with and I told him, yeah, but I'm not doing what those other guys are doing, you know? And he's like, Dave, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. 
And that one was like, two days later, my wife told me she wasn't happy, she was gonna leave me. I, I had gone out with Little John to the Grammy Awards and got really messed up, lying oh. to her. And I, at first, the next day I woke up angry, ready to get divorced, blame, shame, and, and, and so, I, I literally was so depressed, I, something came over me and said, hold on a second, my dad, my best friend, and my wife, they're all right. Mm -hmm. I'm an asshole. And I went and listened to my wife. And that was two years before I lost everything. I went back, literally outlined, took stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. And all of these philosophies and great things that have evolved over the last 11 years came from that one day. I, I spent one day depressed, you know, after I apologized yeah. and asked for forgiveness. Uh, this, I tried to do this without getting choked up, but I literally, it sounds stupid. I was lying in bed going, man, how did I do this? Now, this is before I lost everything. Right, it wasn't about the money. Mm -hmm. It was how have I screwed up? Is sh total shame of myself because like, I I was Midas, <laughs> right? And it was like I I can't believe I have three beautiful children. I have this beautiful wife, a house, a car, Ferrari. Like, and you weren't happy. No, and that's when you realize money does not buy happiness. No, and I yeah, it can solve some problems, but it doesn't necessarily. It's make really you happy. important, actually. Yeah, money. It's important when you're using it in the right ways. So shopping. Right, so this is great. I mean, it probably fits into what people understand. I believe money is still the most important energy of this vibration. It's yeah. the it's an energy that you put into the flow. It allows you to shop, but you still have to shop for the right things. Yeah. If you shop for the right things, you can be super happy. Security, family, education. You know, I bought two community centers in Africa. I've never been happier in my life. Oh, wow. You yeah. know, like those are the things that I shop for now, not motorhomes and boats and planes and things like no, that. Amazon Prime, got it. Yeah. <laughs> but with my faith, I go shopping yeah. too. So my faith is voting. It's the aggregate of what I think, say, do, and believe. Uh -huh. and, my unconscious competency, personality traits, characteristics, possessions, and addictions. I put my faith in what I want. And I think one of the things I see, especially younger people with my three teenage daughters, is everyone's putting faith in the wrong stuff. They're voting for the wrong things. Mm -hmm. it, we gotta change the way we vote. We gotta be confident and say, thank you for the advice, thank you for the situational knowledge or the example, but I'm gonna vote for what I want. I don't wanna be a copy. I, I wanna be myself, yeah. and it's okay, because people will laugh chuckle and make fun of you before they applaud you. That's oh my God, true. that's so true. I'm on a reality show. That's all. Be I don't even think I get applauded. <laughs> no, they do. And you put faith and vote yeah. for what you want, right? And that's what I think people need to do more of. And that's what I was able to do. I was always voting for what everybody else wanted for me. And the times I was most successful, it was when I decided not to be a real lawyer and to work in the internet. It was when I decided to start and believe that a smartphone would someday work. You know, it was when I decided to go ahead and, and switch professions and get into to sports, even though I came from technology. Like all the things, and then write my first book. I, even speaking, I remember going to the Super Bowl no more than three years ago, three Super Bowls ago, and one of my big sponsor clients made fun of me when I got to Radio Row going, hey, where are you speaking, the bathroom? You know, I, I, it stuck in my mind because it hurt my feelings yeah. at 48 years old. And now, you know, I speak around the world and I think to myself, what if I would have put faith into that? Because mm -hmm. I almost did. I almost said, what are you doing when I got back to the hotel room? Why, why do you think you can motivate people or speak or inspire or change lives? And, you know, I just came back from the National Achiever Convention at downtown and it was like, Oh my God, people really, like, they're like, thank you so much for your videos. 
Yeah. Right. I changed lives with them, and you know, it's hopefully resonating, and it, hopefully it's positive. I don't sell anything. I, all I do is try to inspire people with good ideas. One yeah. of the things that you said when I, I, I did come to Sports Home Marketing and listened to you speak, and you were so gracious to let me come and sit. And I'm not an intern. I don't work there, but I did reach out to you, and I said, you know what, I'm at a point in my life, this was maybe a year ago, um, where I was set in my career. I've been doing real estate for about 10 years, but something inside me was not happy. I knew something was missing. And I loved hearing your motto, make a lot of money, have a lot of fun, help a lot of people. And I'm like, you know what? Well, Sheena knows I've had a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> Good. We've, That's I why mean, I'm here. Literally, David, we did four festivals in four weekends. It's a lot of Molly, I'm right? I'm on the, the fun side. I yeah. A little bit. But where I was at last year, I, I just knew something was missing. And it, was, it clicked when I heard you say that. So I was like, you know what? I'm not helping enough people. And since you coming into my life, um, I just have to thank you because... I've really gone after my, my real passions, which is animal rights, veganism, um, helping the disabled. And that has brought like a light into my life and a passion that I never had before. And no matter what business or career I would be doing, I, I, liked, I liked the entrepreneurial stuff, but there was always that aspect, the charity aspect missing. And you're really big on that too, and I love that. And something that, that I heard you say was when you were working with Lee, Lee Steinberg, his, his thing was that I will not work with anyone unless they have some sort of foundation or charity component. And that also kind of vets the person into your life because if they are against doing that, maybe that's not someone you really want to work with anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in a math sense, as we get down to the simplistic, it's when we are productive and we provide value to service to other people, it creates a void. And where the real transition occurs is, and you're going through this transformation yourself right now, that you yeah. see the shift in the paradigm of value that I'm gonna start by looking at how I can help people. Mm -hmm. Now the real radical humility comes into asking to fill back up the void with what you want. For some reason, the human nature, the ego, doesn't feel like it's humble to wanna to fill that void. For example, my motto, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun, it's make a lot of money so I can help a lot of people. So, is so me. Yeah. Sorry, you can't give what you don't have, please. No, absolutely. I mean, literally the only reason I've ever wanted to, I mean, obviously I want to be successful just in life, but I've always just wanted to reach a certain level of whether it's fame or financial, whatever it is in my career, just to have that for my family. I, I take care of my whole family. My dad's a very hard worker, but my mom works for me. And that was like, my goal was just to be able to, once the show started taking off, I'm on a reality show, we don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't love know it. if your daughter's watching. Oh yeah, and my wife, oh, no. And my <laughs> wife almost had to come with me. She's <laughs> such a big fan oh, of yours, see? Well, we'll have to have you both back. <laughs> cool. But um, I just, once I started making money, I was like, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I bought a new car and like, you know, you go shopping a little bit and things like that, but I've always been very smart with my money. I have my Sephira 401k, all of that. I have money invested. And so I'm like, sometimes my mom's like, Sheena, you work really hard. You can buy yourself something. You can go, I'm going to Australia you know, soon. She's like, you can do these things. You work really hard. I'm like, but more so than taking care of myself, I want to take care of other people. I want to do my charitable donations. I want to make sure my mom never has to worry about her mortgage. And like, all of those things. So it's like, when I saw that um, that was your motto, I was like, oh my God, that's like so something that I live by already. And just to add to what you were saying, I don't know if you realize what, and I, I don't know why I'm like emotional today, but like you really <laughs> are an amazing friend and you do a lot of things for a lot of people. So don't ever like think that you're not amazing. Oh my God. You I do. You, you. you help me with a lot of things and I'm really grateful for you. Thank you for so, saying that. Yeah. I, 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 you know, 
let's go off on a little yeah. tangent right here because <laughs> I, I, I should thank you too. Because, and I was actually just thinking of this on, on my car ride up here. Um, you know, living in LA, before I met her, before she opened her heart to me and her family, it's, it's a very lonely place, you know? And even if you have people in your life, you said yourself you were surrounded by the wrong people. But through being friends with you and all of your amazing friends, like it just brought me almost like a family into yeah. my life, being here without family originally, you know? And um, thank you for being, and I know you get a lot of slack on this, on the show too, that you know, you just, you bring new people in and no new friends is, is a lot of people's yeah. mottos, but like you're just, no matter how much you've been hurt, you bring new people in and whoever's meant to stay stays, whoever's not meant to stay can go, but Thank you for bringing me in years ago yeah. and and just opening up your heart and everything. And I have to say, like, on even a more personal note, I've, I feel like I've connected with you more in, like, the past year since I've been practicing. A hundred percent. I was thinking that pr- recently, too. Dave's principles. Yeah. You know, I've been more vulnerable. I've been opening up. I've been letting you into certain aspects of my life that I used to think I didn't want to burden people yeah. with. But I'm like, you know what? I'll... I'll I started just opening up, and I just it makes me feel even closer. Yeah, and you. even recently we were in Vegas, and we kind of like had a bit of a disagreement because she felt like I was acting one way, I felt like she was acting one way. We weren't communicating, and then we communicated what the issues were, and it made things better. It just it took like because I'm like if there's an issue, I want my friends to tell me right now. If I say something and I sound like an asshole, I'll be like, yo, that was rude. Don't let it build up and then three weeks later be like, well, remember when you said this and then you did this and then you did that. But with Jamie, like we have gotten, I mean, we've been friends for what, five, six years now? Mm -hmm. But in the past year, we have gotten a lot closer. And so when she brought this stuff to my attention, which actually relates to something I was listening to you say on Ed's podcast about um, conflict resolution and gratitude and all that. It was like when she told me these things, like at first I get reactive. And I'm like, no, you did that. And I'm like, hold on, let let me put myself in Jamie's shoes. Let me think about how she's feeling. And I was like, okay, you know, like it was one of those things where I'm like, thank you for telling me this because you're going to make me a better friend because of it. And I will be more aware of not doing this, doing this more. And that was something that when I was listening to you say that last night, I'm like, wow, that's absolutely something that I can apply in my life every day. Just swallowing that bit of pride not being the person who is so reactive and I think if I just can, and I'm still working on things, I'm not perfect. Me no, neither. I have to say, it did, it's not like it went in one ear and out the other. Ever since we had that talk, she has been so on it. Like with the, the one issue that, that I did have, it, it no longer even exists. She's very aware of it. And, yeah, but and I, I didn't know. And so until she, like, she like has, I mean, I don't want to say a freak out, but it was just like we were at a music festival and then my friends were grabbing her and I was going back to the hotel and we were all meeting up, but we went to the festival together. She's like, why would you leave me? I'm like, because they were getting you. Like, it's not a big deal. We're all meeting up after. But then when I was like, okay, she feels like, you know, we came together, we should have left together. And then like, oh, you care more about this person than this. And it was just, at first I was very reactive and I was annoyed. And I'm like, well, we're going out, we're going to bar, get over it. You're right. But then I sent, like, we sent each other really long messages. And as much as I think talking in person is better than texting, sometimes when you have a lot of feelings that you want to get out, you need to put it down in writing to make sure you're saying everything. And then if there's something that you disagree with, then you talk about it in person. Which we did. We had our long messages, then we talked in person, then we had a great night at the festival and listened to Dashboard Confessional, and it was awesome. But we needed to have that 
talk and you know just that conflict resolution because I didn't realize I was acting a certain way because no one else ever pointed it out but it was just something that was kind of personally directed at Jamie that I didn't realize. And it's amazing because I lived in this world of the need to be right and the need to be offended. Yeah. And I promise you one thing, if you ever need to be offended, the universe will not let you down. You mm -hmm. will become offended, I promise you. We do that as friends and families all the time. We prepare ourselves to be yeah. offended with our family during the holidays. Like, we were already building up to it. And, you know, I really believe happiness is my offense. Love is my offense. Like, praying for people's happiness is an offense. And forgiveness is the defense. And the one thing that really helps people is the word perception. Mm -hmm. When someone feels some way, that's the way they perceive it. The way you perceive something is the truth. So the only thing you really can do is understand and forgive yourself yeah. for allowing that perception to exist. Mm -hmm. right? And you can't change what you did. You never can stumble on the roadblocks behind you. But it's so important. Like My whole life changed because I was one of those guys. I looked for things to be offended. I remember one time my little brother invited my other brother. I had bought him a truck. And he invited my other brother to the Padre game and not me. And I literally, for months, didn't talk to my brother. Oh, wow. And my mom's like, what's the matter? I'm like, I can't believe how ungrateful he is. I spent that money to buy him a truck, and he didn't even take me to the baseball game. He said, did you ask him the baseball game? I said, no. She goes, well, I was there. Your yeah. brother was with him, and he got the two tickets, and he looked up and said, would you like to go to the game with him? But my perception had built up right. this ungrateful Right. Meanwhile, my brother thinks the world of me was completely damaged and hurt that his older brother wasn't mm -hmm. talking to him. And then I switched to perception and I asked people how they feel. Why do you, yeah. you know when someone's mad at you. Totally. And I take the minute, like if we could just, you know, pray on that happiness and say, hey, hold, I, I, I really want to know what's bugging you because I did something to give you a perception and my intent yeah. is to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. And what I'm not human. Question and they're unable to communicate effectively. Which happens a lot. You. you still let them know that you're there to understand and pray for their happiness, right? So you just let them know that, look, that my perception is something's wrong. And if I'm, if there is, feel free anytime to ask that. But I want you to know how I feel, and I feel I love you, right? I appreciate you, and I really did not mean to hurt your feelings. If that's the case. Usually that healing yeah. energy will either open them up uh, and allow them to, when they calm down and, and starts thinking about it, come back to you and say, hey, this is the way I was feeling. Mm 